Welcome to Digital Marketing Musings, hosted by Merkel. Each episode, we choose a different expert to share the latest and greatest in digital marketing. Today, we're interviewing Dave Meeker and Zach DeBoard about gaming creative. Dave Meeker is the head of design and innovation practice for Dentsu Creative Service Line. And Zach DeBoard is the executive innovation director for Isobar ULs. All right, let's get to it. I'm Gaia Reed, and this is Digital Marketing Musings. Okay, this is part two of our gaming creative episode. And we left off in a really great conversation point around some examples, particularly one thrown around with Game of Thrones, where we're talking about this theory of being able to kind of hop into a scene that we're seeing in in an actual movie and affect the outcome and be kind of like one of the players in that scene we're talking about how this kind of interacts with the storyline that these creators are creating in, in this, this media asset. How does this kind of theoretical model work in reality? Yeah. And, and are there examples of what we're, we're seeing brands do today that kind of showcase decisions or, or use cases that, that brands would actually face when they're doing something like this? So I will start. So let's take it back away from feature film and blockbuster television because it's obviously a lot harder there let's say we integrate what we do in the world of digital marketing so i we keep going back to this product like you're making a complex product purchasing decision so media drives you to some sort of an experience historically that's a landing page but we can do so much better landing pages and search and mechanics of the last decade make a lot of sense in the last decade. As we move away from cookies, as we move forward to first-party data, and we, we know that experience can be a real amazing way to, to fill that void, that gap that we're all facing and feeling and trying to solve for. So let's say you come from an article of a piece of content, a video, a, a search, whatever, to an experience, and we'll, we'll use product configuration. I will just skip the product at all, right? We'll just say product configuration. So you come in, you can see the product, you can learn about the product. I have some, um, some questions. And this is really when you're talking about a, a highly considered purchase. Uh, in my own world, I think of these things of like, I'm going to buy, I would not personally buy an expensive watch, but like a watch or a, an engagement ring or a washer and dryer or a car, Right. Things where I, I just got to talk to somebody before I drop a couple grand or more on this thing. So in doing that, I go from viewing 3D objects of the washer and dryer where I can push buttons and open the doors and spin them around and see how much clothes they fit. And I might even gamify, quote unquote, this experience by saying, like, how big is 32 cubic feet? I don't know. It holds... Let's take a stack of towels. It holds 16 bath towels. I'm like, okay, now I understand how much volume that is. And being able to like make things a little more understandable by making digital analogs of these physical things that I can experience in some way. But then it gets better. I want to talk to somebody. So why now can I not do a one-to-one or a one-to-many conversation with a knowledgeable product expert who can walk onto the set not hokey, not like an avatar on a web page, but something that feels really integrated, feels really real. If I had that headset on, it'd be like I was standing face-to-face with them. If I'm sitting in front of a browser, it might be less of a 3D, more of a 2D experience. 
this idea now that I've gone from passive content to now live content to maybe I'm like, thank you for answering my question. And I can then take that and I can go off and configure into a commerce experience and then hold on. I'm not ready to buy. I'm that person, right? I got you this far and I have now I'm just, I'm having, I walk away. I sit down in my, in my den and I put my TV on and lo and behold, I see a television commercial with my washer and dryer as I configured them and, you know, even fits 16 full bath towels <laughs> or whatever the thing was. That was my customization or my query. So it could be, hey, I'm, I, I, Zach, I'm going to steal from your your examples on a trunk of a car fits golf clubs or it can fit, you know, three tents and a grill or whatever appeals to my lifestyle. So while this is not watching an episode of a show and grabbing a game controller, it is going from a static experience to a motion experience to a live experience now to an interactive experience now to a passive viewing experience. It's the same experience. It's now being used by the player, not the customer or the user, in a way that is meaningful to them and fits their context. So that's cool. And I think that if you take it and you extend it into the filmmaking concept, like why would a web-based or an IP, like internet-delivered video, be just a video? It can be a video for 30 seconds. It can pause and ask me what I want. Done? Are you done? Would you like to configure your car? Would you like to see the colors that we have for the sneakers. Um, what is it you want to do? And if you decide to continue on, it goes from the first 30 second playback mode into an interactive thing. It's storing data, it's sending data, it's delivering customized content, it's interacting with you. And it doesn't necessarily need to be with a TV remote. Heck, you could use a game controller, but where we're really moving is I use my voice. It can see me, it can look at my face. Some of that stuff's creepy or is perceived as creepy. But as we start to build experiences where that becomes normalized, the younger audience sees value in that, right? 10 years from now, our machines, our content will interact with people based on their voice, right? Their gestures, potentially their emotional state. And we, again, we do that in a way where the privacy technology encryption and just distributed storage of data and stuff also rises to the challenge we have an opportunity to blend the, all these disciplines, filmmaking, game development, web programming, content marketing, live events. All of it starts to live within a singular experience ecosystem that a brand puts out there. That's freaking cool. <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word, that is what the definition of, of cool it sh should be for all of us in our space. The, um, I mean, the idea of digital doubles is important here when it comes to metaverse and gaming. And this idea of who do you want to be today? And let's talk shoes. You pick out some shoes that match your outfit or you need comfort or you need utility. You need steel-toed boots for the day because you're going to be doing some work outside. But Nike is releasing digital shoes as NFT right now. And we think about we can, with AR, let people try on that shoe, put it on their foot. What's it look like on me? Move your foot around. Oh, does that look good? Once again, to validation, take some pictures, share a video out. What do you guys think? Should I get these? You can buy the digital version of those shoes as an NFT and put them on in a game. So now you can wear them into Centraland or Sandbox or whatever platform they were made for. And that's who you are in virtual that day. That same NFT could be the reservation 
for the physical product. So you paid a little bit of money to get the digital version. Within that contract is your right to buy, let's just say it's there's it's a limited edition. There's only a thousand. And you now have the right to get the physical version of that shoe. You could redeem that NFT and you'd still have to pay, right? But you're one of a thousand people who even has the right to buy that shoe. Or you could sell that right. So the NFT and the digital double also has value and a parallel in the physical world. And once again, through media and advertising, we can connect all of those dots with a story. And now it makes sense to hop into the digital world and move into the physical. And let's say you're wearing those shoes to a concert that you love. That's happening virtually, but you also get access to that VIP. There's going to be a physical concert nearby you. Does the contract include that too? So it's connecting a lifestyle, you know, like all the way through. Who are you? Who do you want to be? What do you love? It's all about access and carrying that through digital and physical. And bringing it back to some of these media examples. So again, I completely agree. Like this is a very cool, like definition of cool. This theory is very cool. For this Game of Thrones example, I don't know if you want to talk about it anymore, but what happens when you are the person that's able to jump in and affect what the outcome is? Theoretically speaking, right? Like it just gives people a way to participate in the in the creation of their own destiny. So think of some of these game platforms that feel a little more infinite, like No Man's Sky is, an, and I think, an interesting example. Like there's obviously a storyline and participation, but you are in more control of how it plays out versus the writers, right? And so writing takes a different angle in that you have to be able to create story frameworks as opposed to stories. It's hard to do. And then you have to create interesting and engaging enough gameplay to where people want to participate, where it's not like I did it and I'm not really sure like how much more interesting can this get. It's why we haven't seen a AAA game movie combo yet. But I have to assume that our friends at places like Disney are all over this. You know, um, if you look at who they're hiring and how they're changing and the acquisitions and things that are going on, as well as the advancements in technology for production, stuff's coming. Again, like the the big challenge is how do you make a good story and a good game? And I, you will definitely see some failures and failed attempts. I don't think anybody is dying to be first in that space because it's clearly early and we know how much that stuff can cost. Right. So while we what we are trying to do is before bringing our clients from the advertising and marketing world into smaller 30 second experiences, lower risk than a two hour, two and a half hour cinematic game slash storytelling experience could you know cost a billion dollars. <laughs> so I'm not sure anybody's putting that money up right now, but. The baby steps and the experiences that are we will help lead. And and as we, I say we, you know, Denso Creative, Denso itself is a really multifaceted organization. So we have deep connections in content and in licensing and in entertainment properties and in ad campaigns and in data and in systems to power all that stuff. So as we mature and as these concepts mature, we're having those conversations across the organization 
to like set the groundwork for what a future looks like, not to toot our own horn, but I will, that, that from an innovation perspective, we're really an interesting company and that the ability to work across these different business areas and different groups within the company that are seemingly all very focused on doing things the traditional way are all actually breaking out of those traditional ways and forming new ways to work and moving towards this theory of modern creativity, which is very, again, like the coolest thing happening. (laughs) But I I expect to see more noise from us as well as others in the industry as the time progresses over the next 18 months. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things moving in interesting directions. It's just you got to find the right example to where it makes sense for a brand. That's the other thing. Just because gaming's hot, just because the metaverse is coming does not mean you need to take your brand and put a, a an analog of your physical store inside of the metaverse. That might not make any sense. It might make sense to do something completely different or change brand perception. Or I mean, we and we have a lot of ideas around that. I can't necessarily talk about what we're doing with clients right now, but there's a lot happening to capitalize on this stuff in new and in novel ways such as a like a digital twin of like, here, we're a shoe store, come into our shoe store. I don't know if that makes sense. I might just ask you to go to the real shoe store. But I might do something else around what you do in the shoes or why you wear shoes or the fashion of shoes or, you know, purchasing and modeling and all the good stuff that comes with the experience of a brand. I mean, um, you mentioned Disney. I was thinking same thing, uh, just as a parallel. When you go to Disney's Galaxy's Edge, their Star Wars theme park. You're a character there. You you might not yeah. realize it at first, but today's point, it's not it's a non-linear story driven by a framework, not a single narrative. And you as a character come in neutral. You're neither light nor dark. But the decisions you make throughout the day, the characters in those park, real people, they have that data. And the stormtroopers at the end of the day, we'll either be like, hey, how's it going? Or there he is. We're like, get him. Are you good or are you bad? Every character has a story. There are no dead ends so that you can, like, they'll tell you where to go so you can have experiences there in physical. You can hack droids with your mobile phone. You um, can get fully immersed by staying in the hotel, dress up, you name it. That's the real life experience. But once again, the data, the storytelling framework, that can live in multiple channels. So not only does your uh, experience in the park that day matter, it can live on with you. It can live on in the games um, in many different ways and many different channels. And that's really the, the power and the future of what, when, when things are being decentralized um, and personalized. That's how it's happening. It's all sharing the same assets and data underneath. And once again, it's persistent so that you evolve and the world around you reverberates as a story you live. I feel like that's the perfect ending to our episode. In our last minute together, are there any other main takeaways that you would want a brand or advertiser to walk away from this thinking about? Yeah, I guess don't chase shiny objects, although that sounds like gaming could be one, but it's not. Uh, I think test and learn partner were appropriate, right? And don't be afraid to take the first steps into this doesn't mean you need to to embrace it wholeheartedly and jump all the way in with your whole budget. But um, don't be afraid to move in that direction and, and see where it leads, because there's a lot of doorways opening. And the next 18 months 
are really exciting. So allow your teams to explore and to dabble a bit. Um, I think you'll you'll be pleased with what you guys uncover. But do so wisely. I can't reiterate enough. Like talk to us, talk to experts. Um, and to Dave's point, you know, don't go all in and don't go huge on NFT without clear goals and understanding what you're getting into because there are risks. That's where we come in. There are so many new channels. There's so much new hardware, tech, commerce. It's about how it weaves together. And it's complex for us. <laughs> so to help a brand map all of that out, that's the value that we bring. It's the first place we start. I think that you know his point still stands of what are they ultimately trying to achieve? Do it logically. Do it in a way that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I think the, the big takeaway for me is that while all of it's new and all of it's exciting and it's different, um, the tactics, the, the goals why we exist, why we create, why we're trying to talk to customers. It's all the same, right? It's evolved. It's not new. It's an evolution of of the same. And there has to still be best practices. There still has to be oversight and and do it based on a plan. But again, innovation requires multidisciplinary, cross-disciplinary thinking, the ability to take a little bit of risk. So dabble a tad, explore. And remember, I guess the biggest thing is as you go into... How do we get more experiential? How do we get more focused on gaming? Remove your bias as the leader, as the executives, or as the mid-level directors, managers. Focus on your customers who are now your players. What are they doing? What are their needs? And if we can, if we can do that and meet them where their priorities exist, our brands will be successful in this new world where engagement means an entirely different thing than it did a couple of years ago. Dave and Zach, thanks again for joining us today and sharing your expertise in the gaming creative space. This brings us to the end of this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. If you have an idea for an episode for our 2022 season, we would love to hear it. Just drop us a note at digitalmarketingmusings at merkelink.com. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and rate and review us. It definitely helps others to find our show. And if you can, tell a friend about us. This episode was produced by Merkel with sound and video editing by Craig Zagurski. Our team includes copywriting by Onika Schliesman, graphic design by Garrett Rubel, website support by Janisa Meets, and social media and promotion by Gina Astrop and Andrea Ratner. Tune in next time in a few weeks as we continue the world of digital marketing. Until then, I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.